What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 12 of Off the Post Boston Sports with myself and Carter. Uh, Carter, I think for this episode to immediately be dedicated to Tom Brady, TV 12, episode 12, Stay Home Tommy. Just, I had to get that out of the way. I was wondering where you are going with that. I had to do it. I mean, stay home, Tom. Please, stay. Don't go anywhere. Don't ruin your legacy. Don't go to L.A. It's a bad city. Nobody wants to live there. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm ignoring last night for, for a couple of reasons, except for one point. I got to point out uh, the obvious hero of the night, uh, David Ayers, the 42-year-old Zamboni driver, and Toronto Maple Leafs' own emergency goaltender beating them last night. Which is mind-boggling, guys. He got paid $500 to fill in. And he also became the oldest goalie in NHL history to collect his first NHL victory. So $500 and sets a record. I wouldn't argue with it. You said you'd do it for $20, right? Uh, you, you could be, yeah. If, the, if, if anyone went up to me and said, Carter, here's five bucks. If you throw on some pads, you can get into an NHL game. I think that's an easy, it's an easy yes. The I most don't awkward I don't part- care how dumb I look. That's five bucks, and then I just got to play in an NHL game. So, the most awkward part of that whole situation, guys, is he had a Toronto Maple Leafs mask on and Toronto Maple Leafs pads and gloves from the AHL. Yeah, he's, while he, he had it, because he's he's he practices with the Toronto Marlies from time to time, and is their Zamboni driver. But often, like, we'll get in practices, get in, gets into a couple skill sessions uh, a couple times a week, but. But yeah, he's he's rocking uh, those Marley's jerseys and the, and the blue pants and the blue pads. It was great. I loved everything. It was about great. It. it was great to see. It had to be a dream come true for him to be able to do. And anybody that gets to suit up in the NHL, right there, you should be happy. Keep it moving. Get your W. Write it down. Take a video of it. Show it to all your grandkids, all their kids. Uh, it's pretty cool to be able to see that. Yeah, um, there's. Uh... It, well, we got Scott Foster with the with the Blackhawks. I think it was a couple years ago. Yeah. Now we got David Ayers. But I think there's a big difference. Foster only played five minutes of the game, five to eight. This guy played almost two full periods yeah. and pulled out a victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs against his is, own team that he is the emergency goaltender for. Yeah, that uh, that was interesting. It was a weird night last night, guys. Not only do they lose six to three, Toronto to a backup goaltender. The Devils beat uh, the Capitals, which we, even though this is Boston Sports page, congratulations, Alex Ovechkin, for uh, goal number 700. Uh, that's a huge number that I don't think you're going to see down the road. Only a couple guys have done it. Um, then you had the Boston Bruins just not show up for a hockey game, which I'll give it to them back to back on the road. You had Vancouver, who hadn't played. They had four home games in their last 10 days and haven't had to travel anywhere. Um, yeah, just a weird night. Tampa got beat by Arizona. so We, we didn't lose a beat. And I guess if you're going to get beat bad, you might as well just get beat really bad and move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at, you know, it's a way, way, way West Coast road trip all the way in, in uh, Calgary and Vancouver. And like you said, you know, Vancouver hadn't, hasn't traveled in the last four games and they're rested. And if you're going to if you're going to lose, that's the game to, to lose badly on. So and I don't know how you feel, but if you told me before that four game road trip started, 
and you said, hey, we'll get six out of eight points. I'll take I'm it. Yeah. Good. yeah, I'm good with that. Guys, it's bound to determine when you win 12 out of 13, there's going to be a game coming up soon to where you get drugged just like they did, just manhandled. The puck doesn't bounce the right way. Um, we got out of there healthy. That's all that mattered because when we got down really bad, when it was seven to three, at that point I'm thinking, okay, nobody get hurt. Yeah. Like, Pasta, look over your shoulder. Martian, don't do anything stupid. The fighting and the fight they did to try and stay in the game I love, but when I saw the physical fights, I'm just holding my breath like, just guys, is this really necessary at this point in time when you're down – Six three seven three. I don't think it is. Yeah, but I mean, the good news is we will see a, a brand new face when we get back into Boston and Andre Kasha. How do you feel about it? I want your take. Well, I mean, I'm excited. I think the price was right for him. Um, you look at David Backus, who obviously, you know, good for him to get him back uh, to an NHL team and Anaheim and a team that can use him, a team that can use leadership presence because they're missing. I think they don't have Corey Perry anymore. Um, no. Uh, and so that's – I think he's their version of him now. He's their he's their veteran. He's their leader. Um, and you got former 20-goal scorer, a guy who's still young, a guy who played on uh, the Czech national team with Pasta. Um, yeah. Um, so there's already chemistry there. And in uh, Axel Anderson, a couple – I mean, he was still playing in the QMJHL, uh, the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, um, which is where McDavid was when he was 16. People saying they were seeing a lot of good things out of, out of Axel Anderson. But, you know, the decor that we have and the depth that we have at that position, I'm, yep. not, I'm not too concerned about, about giving up that. Plus, the first-round pick, which is you don't even know where you're going to draft in the first round. So it could be, could be dead last, could be right in the middle of the pack. So it's, it's, it's not – the price wasn't too high for me. No, it wasn't too high. I think the biggest aspect, whether this guy pays off, doesn't pay off, if he doesn't even step on the ice, whatever whatever the case may be, unloading 75% of a $6 million cap hit with David Backus, that was the icing on the cake right there. No matter who they're going to send back, even if they didn't send anybody back, being able to get rid of that. And I guarantee you, Carter, the reason we had to drop that first round draft pick was to get them to cover 75% of that six mil. Absolutely. Because you don't, you don't see Anaheim doing that just to do it. No, there's no way, guys. That's we not, did, they're not doing that to get David Backus. No, and there was talks that we were going to send Backus back to St. Louis. That was going to be the original plan. But St. Louis only wanted to take 50% or wanted us to pay 50% of Backus's remaining contract, which smart move Bruins, get rid of a pick, get an extra 25% off of your plate. Like Carter states, bring, back, bring in a guy that can score 20 goals, does have a good relationship with Pasta. Um, the only thing I've said, Carter, and I know you think I'm crazy for this, and I've had a lot of you just say, I don't know what you're thinking. I I just have a feeling that we could use Case for another trade coming up. I don't think we're done. I do think if we are done in the trade aspect, we're going to be in trouble when we get deep into the playoffs because we're sitting in the exact type of situation we were last year with no secondary scoring and no uh, physicality on the back end. And I, what I think is interesting about the deal is, is there were reports that, that Backus was also helping facilitate this deal. He, yep. was, he was a part of the, the discussions and, and with talks with Anaheim about his contract. And so I thought that was really a mature move by both the Bruins and David Backus and letting him take part in those discussions. Well, Backus, Backus, of course, didn't originally want to 
go anywhere. But uh, he hasn't been the same ever since that hit, that head-to-head contact with the guy. And I'm not talking about him physically, Mentally. but him emotionally. Me- mentally and emotionally, he's been a completely different player. Um, we've only seen him a few times since that hit. He's been in and out of the lineup. I just think he's still struggling with it mentally. I get it. The guy almost ended somebody's career accidentally. Um, that stuff hits home. Even though these guys are competitors, they've all got families at home, and most of them know each other outside of the rink too. So I think that weighed a lot on his shoulders for a while. But what do you do? You think we're done trading? Do you see anything else coming up? Do you have anything in mind that you'd like to see? I mean, it seems like the kind of move that you're setting up for something bigger. Um, but in 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 retrospect, you gave away your first round pick, so it's it's going to be really hard to get a, a Palmieri or a Kreider without that first round pick. Well, I'll tell you, the Kreider's off. Kreider's off the table. There's no way, no way in hell, New York is going to do anything less. They wanted that first round pick bad. I could possibly see if we paired another prospect. And if we did like a Heinen case or a Heinen Bjork, like that type of scenario, not those exact players, guys, but something to where we unload more player, then I could see a trade for Paul Mary still be a possibility. But Kreider's off the table, guys. Uh, it's And I don't mind it either. I, I wanted him, but if he's not going to sign long-term and he's not going to take a player-friendly contract to stay there, then – Bye. No, thanks for thanks for talking to us, but we don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. Um. Other than that, you got the Sox. They they won their first, very first spring training game. I know that really doesn't mean a whole lot to many people. Um. We almost blew the lead in the bottom of the ninth, which we're known for doing recently in the past few years. But what I want to touch on with the Red Sox and get your opinion: What do you think of Big Poppy? Colin Mike, the former Astros pitcher, a snitch for bringing up everything about the the cheating scandal. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. You know, you take that out of context and it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, you you won your ring and now you decided to, to talk about it. So now that now that you have your ring, you have the trophy, the banners up. So I get that. But you look at the history that that David Ortiz has with Rob Manfred and Rob Manfred sticking up for Ortiz and sticking his neck out for Ortiz in 2003 when his when his positive PED test came yep. back. Um, so is it kind of Ortiz returning the favor with Rob Manfred and saying that, hey, you know, you stuck your neck out, so I'm going to call out um, the Astros instead of the league um, for for how they handled this. So I look at it this way, too, though. In Mike's defense, you're on the Astros organization. You see what's going on. You know what's going on. You're employed. You can get fired at any point in time. Do you say something and blow the whistle when you're in the middle of it and get fired and lose your job when it's your coach telling you what needs to be done or what you're going to do? Or do you wait until it's over, then bring it up? I mean, he made the comment better late than never, which I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. You see something at your job on a daily basis that's not right and you want to report it. I get that you you can, but at that point you have HR, you have those types of leverages to stay employed. But when you look at a, a professional athlete, if you snitch and call them out now, not only does it ruin your season, it may ruin your career. They may be able to cover it up in time. 
to where they get rid of you. Then everybody looks at you as what are you talking about? Nothing was happening. It, it's, it's a, it's, it's a thin line to be walking at that point in time and say something while it's happening. Exactly. It's, it's when there's really no backup for, I mean, you have the, the, the major league baseball players association, but that's just proven to be, it, it's not like, it's not like the NFL PA. It's not like the NHL PA. Um, they don't, they're not as good as sticking up for their own players when it comes to situations like this. No. And again, you're in the middle of it and everybody's doing it on that team and the, the all-stars, the, the coaches, everybody's okay with it. The second you tread in the opposite direction, you're going to be hated in the clubhouse. Um, even if you don't rat, if you just say you don't agree with it, you don't want to be a part of it, then you just separated yourself from the entire team. And by no means am I saying cheating is right, uh, lying is accurate. By no means am I saying any of that stuff should have happened. But if you put yourself in a position of a mic, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a long season for them. The MLB has already come out warning teams because there's been pitchers that said they're, they're going to beam Altuve left and right. They're going to hit multiple players. Uh, the downfall, Carter, guys, to take this outside of the, the on-the-field aspect, these guys are getting death threats. They're being told that they're going to kill their family members, uh, do certain things to their wives. Like, There's a lot of stuff that these guys are going through and it's very sad yeah. to even see that as a situation. I don't understand when a team loses a big game, those death threats in the first place. But what's going on now? I mean, these guys are in for a very, very long season when they have a game that is on the road and not at home. And regardless of, of how severe a cheating scandal is, whether it's accurate or not, how big, the, how big a loss is, you know, you can – I don't care if you're – a Canadians fan. I don't care if you're a Yankees fan. I don't care if you're a Lakers fan. Death threats are never okay. You can't you can't put another person through that. You can't put their family through that. It's it's I don't I don't care how big the rivalry is, how big the loss was, how big a mistake was, how how it, uh how hard you cheated, um whether you meant to or not, death threats are never okay. No. In a, in a joking matter, it's funny hearing that come from Carter, guys, because when I post a stat or I say something that's incorrect, I get threats from Carter on a consistent <laughs> basis that you better not do this again. I'm going to defriend you. I'll never join the podcast. I'm going to go out on my own. I get a lot of those. So to hear that from him, it's a little counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, um, I just have to go out on the record saying it's not true. So <laughs> Okay, okay. It's not true. Um. Big game today for the Celtics. They're at L.A. Uh, against LeBron and company. The concerning aspect, Carter, that we've talked about, Kimber, Kimber Walker was going to be, quote-unquote, load management ever since his knee. Now, Carter made a good point earlier that he really, really wanted to be fully ready for the All-Star game because of how important that was to him. So they did the load management. But uh, Carter told me that they drained his knee and now he's missing back-to-back games. Do you see this being any type of, hey, we're going to take it easy on you and make sure you're good for the playoffs? Or do you see this as a, damn, the knee keeps acting up, this could be a long-term issue? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you're going to look at the, the Celtics really managing carefully how they use Kemba 
seeing how, how well they can produce and win without Kemba leading towards the postseason. And I think Danny Ainge is going to be really questioning himself as to whether or not he should have pulled off a move like Clint Capella at the deadline. Yeah. Um, because you know you're you're gonna run into a situation like this. I don't think the Celtics are necessarily deep on their bench, but I don't. But their bench has proved they've proved me wrong all season long. Uh, the Celtics bench has, but I think you're gonna see this as you're gonna get a lot of questions about Danny Ainge and 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 uh, another zero move uh, trade deadline. The frustrating part as a fan is we brought the Kyrie experiment is what I guess you can call it in and you got a guy that was injury prone it didn't work out forget the cancer aspect in the locker room but injury prone always something aggravated Kimba comes in starts performing right out the gate outstanding leadership outstanding on the court the Celtics are great with him he's a huge asset to the team but then the brakes get hit and it's like wait a second his knee keeps aggravating himself I am praying that this is not something that goes on year after year that we're going to have to deal with after we bring in another stud athlete that we may have to be concerned of issues with a knee again. See, you know, I'm, you know, in college, you know, I've had a couple of minor knee injuries and stuff that's just nagged me. And there's been days where I've had to sit out of practice and uh, sit out of, you know, I've sat out of plenty of games, Um, but it's, it's more on the basis of how much are you willing to play through it versus if I play through this today, is it going to affect how I play next week? So, you know, I've, I've had knee injuries where I've had to sit out a season. Um, and I've had knee injuries where it's just been like, you know what? It's, it's a little bit flared up today. I'm going to take it easy. It's a little bit flared up today. I'm going to go to my trainers and say, listen, I don't think I should practice today. So it's, it, I don't know this. I don't know the true severity of, of what's going on with his knee. Um, but all, all, you know, it's obviously enough that it, some, some sort of fluid needs to be drained, which is, you know, when your knee swells up like that, that's your body trying to protect itself and heal itself. Um, so, you know, ne- you never, you never know, because I don't think you're ever going to get the full medical report from the trainers. So, and, no, and we won't, we won't. This is something that won't be discussed until he retires. And that's the way it should be with injuries, guys. I know we all want to hear news and what's going on inside the locker room, but you got to do it like Belichick does. You don't say anything. It's guys' personal lives. We don't have to know what's going on. Remember, when a coach decides to break news or an athlete decides to release information, that's on their own terms. They owe us nothing. They perform for us. They give it their all on the court. What happens off the court, in the trainer's room, at home, negotiations, any of that stuff, like the Bruins trade deadline, all you hear is all this, all these different things. It's not their obligation to tell us what's going on. Yeah, like think about, think about how many times Andre Kasha's name was mentioned before the trade deadline. I think zero times. Yeah, zero. And I will, I will, give, you, I will give all teams, every organization, every sport this, how they keep it in-house so well without it being leaked is unbelievable because I'm so shocked that you don't see like Carter say you work for the Bruins and you called me one day as like, Hey man, just want to let you know, don't tell anybody, but we're going to be doing this, this and this. And then I slip up and tell somebody else. And then all of a sudden it's on the internet and everybody knows about it. That never happens. You don't see any leaks with inside organizations when it comes to trade health, anything. 
unless you just have a whistleblower when it comes to a cheating scandal. Yeah. And that's it. So I give all these organizations a lot of credit to be able to keep it in-house like that. Um, yeah, so Kimba, hopefully it's not aggravated and it's just a little a little flare-up and that's it. Um, the TB12 talks are still going on, so we can at least end this episode with a little Tom Brady talk. What are you feeling, Carter? I mean, there's there's seven teams at this point that say they're interested in him. I don't see him going to L.A. because I don't see him growing a family in Las Vegas. Um, don't see him going to the Titans, living in the middle of Tennessee. Uh, where, where do you see this ending? So it's he's made it pretty clear that it's not about the money. And you've heard about teams like, like the Raiders that are prepared to offer him $60 million over two years or whatever it is. And but but Brady, like we like I said, has made it pretty clear that it's about the weapons around him and the ability to to make plays, make passes, and continue to stand in the pocket and and be productive. So it's gonna when it come when he comes to his meeting with Kraft and Belichick, it's they're gonna have to convince him that they're going to be bringing in more weapons, bringing in more targets that he can throw to that'll get separation, that'll stay healthy, and that will keep their mouth shut on social media. But um it's it's going to come it's going to come down to what team is going to present him not just with the money because the the patriots have will have come out and 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 retracted the statement that they're they're willing to pay him but it's going to come down to what team is going to be able to give him targets to throw to yeah and i'll tell you this i do like at least the discussion i i see the patriots looking at david janoku um hunter henry at tight end I've seen A.J. Green talks, um, Emmanuel Sanders talks. So I think if you bring in a stud, a complete stud, not a mediocre receiver, if you get a free agent like A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, somebody like that, and then you back that with a Hunter Henry or a David or even a, a comeback of a Gronkowski, whatever the player is, if you bring in a stud receiver and tight end, I think that's all Brady needs because I think you'll see Nikhil Harry have a lot better year as long as he's healthy. Um, our running game isn't as bad as it appeared last year. I think our offensive line being injured, uh, guys with blood clots, like when you had a lot of injuries on the front line, which caused Brady to throw the ball, release the ball quicker to rookie receivers and a banged up Edelman. I think if you get a healthy line, a tight end, and a receiver – I don't see why this team couldn't be right back in the dynasty mode that it has been for so many years. And, and, and you'll see, like you said, with, with David Andrews, Tom Brady's favorite center, also a Michigan guy going down. Like I've said it in past podcasts, all credit to Ted Karras. He, he started off rough, but he, he did grow into it. And yep. I think, you know, it's going to be a, how old is Edelman? 33 next year. He's going to be 34. Yep. And, you know, you're going to see a 34-year-old Edelman who's coming off a, I don't know how many surgeries gonna he's going to have this offseason. Um, an Edelman who's going to be also on relatively thin ice after his dumb arrest in, in California jumping on some cars. So stupid. Um, but it's going to be a really, really weird – It's going to. I think it's just going to be another weird season regardless of if Tom Brady comes back or not, because you're going to have to pay attention to who the Patriots draft. They will be drafting a quarterback at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't think, you know, I have no disrespect to Stidham, but you have to, you can't, you can't expect um, 
a Brady, like Brady, or, no, excuse me, Belichick or Kraft to look at Jared Stidham and say, yep, I think that's the guy. So you're going to have Don't. to look at who they draft. If Tom Brady comes back, look who they bring in. Um, and and not who they just not just who they draft at quarterback, but who are they going to draft at tight end? What kind of offensive lineman are they going to draft? It's going to be a really I think this is going to be the most important draft that I've seen in my lifetime with the Patriots. I agree. The only the only move, two moves that I wouldn't mind if Tom Brady did not return, if he did not return, the only two that I'd be comfortable with. One, he goes to Dallas. And then Dak comes to us, not in a trade because he's a free agent. So let me disclose that. Brady goes to Dallas. Dak signs a long-term with New England because I think Dak in a good system can be an outstanding quarterback. Or if Tom Brady goes to the 49ers, which before anybody comments or listens to this podcast and says, oh, they won't get rid of Jimmy. They owe him so much money. If they cut ties with Jimmy, I've said it before, they only owe him $4 million out of that contract. And he's cut. So either Brady goes to the Cowboys or the Niners and we get Jimmy back or we get Dak. Other than that, if he goes elsewhere, we are, to Carter's point, going to have to be very big in the draft. And we are going to have to make some moves to move around in the draft to bring in a quarterback that can start immediately for the organization. Or it's going to be a very, very long season next year. And I think out of the the, the candidates to try and sign Tom Brady – Vegas has the, the the Las Vegas Raiders have come out seemingly as a front runner. You know, you got the new stadium, um, and he's good friends with with Mark Davis, and John Gruden would be a great coach for Brady. Um, but what do you? I think just don't if, think if, if if Las Vegas signs Tom Brady, do you see, um, do you see Derek Carr in a in a Patriots uniform? Yeah. I do. I don't know how happy I'd be with it, honestly. Um, I don't think he's a bad quarterback by any means. Um, I really don't think he's a good quarterback. But I'm looking at the Raiders organization. I'm thinking, okay, new stadium in L.A., a big city. Uh, John Gruden, the relationship he has with the owner, all of that. But Tom Brady wants to go somewhere where they where he can win another Super Bowl as of next year. If Tom Brady goes to the Raiders – do you see them as Super Bowl contenders? I don't know because I, you know, it's it, it's. I'm not a big, you know me. I'm not a big prediction guy. I don't like to, especially you don't. <laughs> this, you know, this early in the in the off this early in the off season still. Um, I'm I'm not going to make any sort of prediction like that. I just I know how much of a family guy Tom is, and I know how much how important it is for his kids to live a good lifestyle to be brought up in a good area. I'm not saying Las Vegas. So if anybody lives in Vegas, I'm not saying it's a bad place to live by any means. I just don't see him growing his family. He likes being out in the country secluded from people, all the yard that he has, the woods, all of that. I don't see him dropping a house in Vegas when he just moved into a new one in Connecticut. If he moved into a new one in Connecticut, because people are still speculating. He didn't even move to Greenwich. Which I think that's just a crazy conspiracy, but I think it's pretty public that he's moved to Greenwich. But yeah, I agree. I, just, I I don't see him. I don't see him there. I, and that's a, that's uh, a good that's a good point. You know, you you bring up the fact that didn't he just move to Connecticut? So you know, you think, you know, the, the so in my eyes, you know, the Giants come back into come back into play. Um, how much time is he really going to spend 
if he moves, you know, say he moves to Vegas or say say he, he not moves to Vegas, say he gets he signs with Vegas, how much time is he get, is he really going to spend in Las Vegas? So. Yeah. And again, I, it's going to be that way for a while. We have until March 18th until anything can happen. Anyways, unless he were to just re-sign with New England. But uh, Kraft has made it clear that he wants Tom Brady to go out and test the waters, uh, go out and see what other places are offering him. Kraft even made the comment. He said, look, he's been our quarterback for 20 years. He deserves this opportunity to be able to see what's out there. And I respect Cap Kraft more than anything to even allow that. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, you guys will be first to know if we hear anything. Uh, Carter, you got anything to end on? That's about it, man. Guys, as always, we appreciate it. We just dropped some new swag. So we got a lot of comments about the Off the Post t-shirts. For all of you that have ordered them already, thank you. We appreciate it. The hoodie's out. But uh, – we dropped the green line and the red line. So we've got Red Sox colors, Celtics colors, and we dropped the uh, black and gold Bruins ones. So make sure you check out the page. Go get you some merch. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we've been doing a giveaway to where anybody that goes to a Boston Bruins hockey game, home or away, and holds up an off-the-post Boston sports sign, you will get, if you get on TV, let's disclose that, get on TV, you'll have your choice of any t-shirt that we have out to be able to get some free merch. So as always, Carter, it was fun guys. We'll talk to you later on. It's all Boston, all sports all the time. Have a good one, bud. See ya.